Hey everyone, welcome to Neighbor Science, the only podcast about political economy and anime. We are here to tell you whether it's better to have sympathy for the demon or empathy for the demon. Mm. Uh, I'm Ryan Salisbury. I'm Chris Nivens. Today we're talking about a few things. Uh, first of all, we want to touch on an article that's been going around on Twitter this week, <laughs> uh, which is, is uh, yep. this budget shows how a $350,000 salary barely qualifies as middle class. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking kill me. Uh, so we were, we were just saying before the show, like the, the actual point this article is trying to make is not an awful one. Mm -hmm. It's just like zero self-awareness, uh, at all. Yeah. Yeah. About just like what kind of like, just like what expenses are to, to like the regular person. Uh, right. So they have this. They have this budget here for someone who makes three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, and their their point is like, oh, the cost of living is so high that uh, even if you make three hundred fifty thousand dollars, you can barely cover your expenses. Mm-hmm. Which, like, mm-hmm. okay, sure, like it, yeah, the cost of living is very high. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like they do cover all their expenses. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and they have yeah. money left over. So, and <laughs> and you would think that this would be like, oh, you know, you're covering all your expenses and you can't save anything, but they're saving fifty thousand dollars a year. A year. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. I mean, where I do mean, we start with this shit? Like, <laughs> it's it's. I'm I'm looking at these figures, and it's like they get. 401k done. Uh, they like so like right off the bat, that's just fat, right? Like that's just yeah. taken care of, you know. Um, Thirty-eight thousand dollars for a four hundred one k contribution, right? Is yeah. the first thing on the budget. Thirty-eight thousand, <laughs> Christ! Like I, uh, that's that's more than I made last year, and because of the fucking tax structure we got fucked with. I have to pay taxes on that. I made. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I I had to file for like a a fucking extension. um, And now I'm going to have to also file for a payment plan because of like. Are you 1090? uh, I don't remember. But I'm just. I'm just. um, No, I'm I'm whatever we call the the normal thing. Okay. Um, 1099 or whatever. Easy. Yeah. But like, it's just because. It's just because, like, I think I fucked up, like, one form uh, when I was, like, uh, filling out my tax uh, deductions. And then also, gotcha. I went a few months without health insurance, right? Uh, because, like, I'm, you know, we're in this fucking hell world <laughs> where nothing's good <laughs> and uh, when it comes to money anyway, you know? And so... Between those two things, I was like filling out my, my taxes like uh, back in March, and I was thinking like, okay, like I'm gonna get like a, a few hundred dollars maybe back, and like it's gonna get me through the next like, you know, fucking grocery period, you know? Yeah. And I'm thinking like, okay, this is gonna be good, and then like I'm I'm entering it into like love getting my tax return, <laughs> right, right, and I'm like I can always reliably get money back from the from the government that they stole, and you know. <laughs> And I and I I'm plugging it into like the in, you know the the form and like 
because they do a, a free service as well. You know, not okay. to fucking toot horn advertise for them, but like, oh, don't worry, I'll bleep it out. <laughs> yeah, 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 for Blair Deep. Uh, <clears throat> and you know, they're so they're doing the, the the auto tally at the top, and at first it starts off and it's looking good. It's looking like oh, eight hundred dollars, not bad, not bad. And then, and then it's like. I click another thing and I enter and click another thing and I enter and it's like, and it's like you owe 500 and I'm like, Oh fuck. Oh, that's awesome. bad. I was that's like, I don't have really good. And then it's like, and then I keep going and it's like, thoof, 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 you owe 1500 fucking dollars. And what I was the like, fuck? what the fuck is going on? I was like, this has to be an error. And then it turned out that it was because I, I'm pretty sure I, that happened to my friend Anya, like a year or two ago because uh, of, yeah health insurance as well yeah health insurance and just the bureaucracy of like tax deductions and stuff in your paycheck and everything like that like did you try to itemize or did you do the (sighs) standard i just i just i think i went with standard um okay as as usual but like like i don't have shit to my name you know like all i have is debt and wage yeah you know what i mean like and so, and then you got this other other shit where they just assume that you're like golden, you know, and that you can just afford to do this and that, you know. There's, there's, there's nothing. There's no give. Did you, you know? deduct your student loans? Yeah, I mean, for what it was worth, yeah, yeah. But but that was even still, but like still not, not enough, huh? Fuck, yeah, man. Yeah, I just was like, so I was over the barrel at that point. So then I just filed for an extension. And what you was know, your total so, income? Do you remember? Like like total. Uh, let's see. I think my total gross income was like 37 K. Holy shit. Yeah. 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 God um, damn, man. Yeah. So then I have to like, pay. I, I got money back and, and I made like 80 something thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's goddamn ridiculous. Right. So that makes no fucking sense <laughs> at all. Make any sense. Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. So yeah, that's cool. You should um, be able to just like, I mean, like you, if you owe anything, it should be like a shekel of wheat. Right. Seriously. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, like, oh yeah, you owe us a barrel of rocks. And I'd be like, all right, <laughs> fine. I'll go out on the weekend, you know, like <laughs> find some. Fucking rocks. I saw some good ones by the highway. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. Roll it down to the fucking office. <laughs> oh my God. And these people, you know, this and is I a use family- like, I didn't even use a service. I used the like free federal forums thing and like looked up all the shit myself, like looked up all the definitions of everything and filled it out. Yeah. It took like an entire Saturday Uh, and then like a couple of tries submitting it because I got an error and their error codes are very cryptic and badly written, but finally got it. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's bad and it's fucking infuriating that like, I made 37k and I have to pay 1500 because of some dumb bureaucratic shit and uh yeah, and Jeff Bezos <laughs> exists. He's <Pays> nothing. <laughs> yeah. But this bald turtle creature is is just clicking his heels all the way to the fucking bank. Uh, I still can't believe someone was trying to tell John he only makes $58,000 a year. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, man. Okay, man, whatever. <laughs> right, right. Like shut shut the fuck up. Shut the I make twenty thousand dollars more than Jeff Bezos. Right. Which is why right. I fly everywhere on a private plane. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, well it's like I said in the comment, I was like, man, like that salary shit even it's like even if Jeff Bezos only took a formal salary of like a certain amount, like yeah. fucking Steve Jobs took a salary of a dollar for a while because of all this other shit going on. And so, like, it was a way to like slip the net, you know, because when you're when you're af- above a certain level, you know, the salary is only part of your compensation, and we all know that, you know, and that's 
that's where this this gold parachute stuff comes from. You know, so you get your bonus. Yeah, I mean, you he owns a bunch of stock that he gets dividends exactly. from. So. <laughs> And you also are an owner. So basically you know? what we're trying to like, say is that uh, this $350,000 family is probably Jeff Bezos' family. Yeah, right, right. So they the, only make a third the, uh, of $1,400 emergency fund, I guess, would be used for the, your divorce lawyer, which right, uh, right. I guess that isn't enough. No, yeah. They're right. Yeah. Like you basically have to... Well, I guess we have to check and make sure there's no item for a, uh, a legal retainer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually... That could be part of this budget. <laughs> I was searching for like, you know, clues like um, creative accounting and shit. Uh, but um, I mean, now I, I'm not rich enough. What away. is in an umbrella policy? Uh, is that like uh, you pay insurance and that means you like always have an umbrella? I think so. Let me let me. Like Google. if you lose it, they replace it. Because that would I I would pay four hundred fifty dollars yeah. a month for that. Yeah, it's basically it says umbrella pol- umbrella insurance refers to liability insurance that is in excess of specified other policies, and also potentially primary insurance for losses not covered by the other policies. So, like you said, basically, um, it's just to kind of cover your ass even more. Wait, so could that be like? I know I've suggested this before, uh, but could that be like uh, n-word insurance? Like if like insurance for <laughs> if you say a racial slur? <laughs> Very likely. Yeah, uh, there's there's probably actually you know sh- like shadow companies that like that sell would explain why it's so expensive. Insurance, you know, like yeah, word insurance, you know, yeah, you know, um, hard R insurance, yeah. Um, oh man, I just saw three weeks of vacation per year, two yep. destinations, one staycation, seventy eight hundred dollars oh, per year. Oh, yeah, yeah, entertainment. Netflix shows, <laughs> sporting events, social functions, whatever getaways, six thousand yeah. dollars a year. Six thousand dollars. That is two months of my wage. Yeah, that's and, and that's wow. a generous month. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's that's got close for four. Four hundred dollars a month. <laughs> and, and it even says Old Navy, not Gucci. Right. They're they're they're. They at that point they know that they're they're actually like shitting the bed a little bit, like they realize you're getting like, like five a lot of money for a family of four. <laughs> you have to be getting like five garments a person per month. Yeah, yeah. which is crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, Diane does that, but she gets it all on like Poshmark. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no. This this line when when you see this shit, this is just this is just them already becoming defensive. You know. Like mm-hmm. in the per, in the parentheses, old maybe not Gucci. Like, oh, see, we're we're good actually. We're good actually, right? Where yeah. we needed that forty eight hundred dollars worth of clothes, you know. Meanwhile, like, you know, I'm able to scrimp and save, and I, you know, I probably spend like, you know, fifty bucks every three months on like new pants, new shirt at a fucking Target, you know. And I've probably spent four hundred dollars in the last like, I don't know, five years on clothes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, and yeah, okay, maybe maybe I'm also, you know, exaggerating in, in my own defense, you know, I'll buy like a band tee or something like that, you know, yeah. but that's part of my entertainment cost. I actually structure that into my entertainment budget, which itself is fairly low, um, but like, I also love at the, like at the very bottom, you've got a $0 line that says student loans in parentheses, husband paid off 50K at 30. I'm yeah, like, that's great. for you, husband. Like, if only... <laughs> We, we made enough money to pay that off in the first place. Like, 
Yeah, uh, their yeah, their yeah. clothing budget is my student loan budget. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's ridiculous. I, I, I it boggles the mind. Um, they've got all these fucking, like you said, all these safety nets. You get life insurance, umbrella policy, healthcare, employer subsidized. Oh yeah, who the fuck do you work for that subsidizes your fucking healthcare? You know, it's three hundred dollars a month on, of, but it's on like, charity. Yeah, you're right. Charity. If you can, if you can donate that much to charity a month, like then. You deserve every fucking approbation that comes your way. Um, and they're not even products. good ones. It says foster care, nystagmus vision research, and UNICEF. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> Again, at least give money to like random women trying to escape their abusive husbands <laughs> for fuck's sake. Right, right. <laughs> Boko Haram defense fund. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking, fucking man. You know, anti-ISIS organizing fund. You know, <laughs> three hundred bucks a month of that shit. You know, um, what else is in here? What what's the five oh five twenty nine plan? It says in there. Okay, K through twelve plus college savings plan. Yeah, so twelve thousand dollars annual. So like yeah. they literally save fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's so much. Also, the mortgage. Like they they in the article. Like you know, if you scroll down, they um they say where is this. Um, or maybe it's the guy writing about it, you know? Oh yeah, no, it's property tax. 1.24% on $1.8 million home. Yeah. 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 He says if the goal, I mean, this is, and this is a fucking, you know, it's a financial mind, you know, a capitalist financial mind at work here, Uh which is where like all these dissonances just kind of like crash together, um, in full view. He's like, well, if the goal is to amass wealth and hit the fire goal, financial independence, retire early goal. Yeah, fire uh, insurance, itself. real estate. Yeah, right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Everyone wants that, right? Um, <laughs> like that in itself just shrieks, like truly shrieks, like privilege and class and like power. Yeah, I had to look up what that and, meant. Yeah. Because, well, I guess it says it in here, but like if they didn't say it in here, I would have to look up what it meant because Be like, I'm, I'm not even thinking that. of that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There's an entire subreddit of fire people um, that I've read through because back in the day I was trying to um, I was trying to figure out how to like save myself from like certain financial destruction. Um, this has not wow. yet happened, by the way, as we as we know from my bit about my taxes. <laughs> but um, but there's I, I bumped into this like personal finance subreddit, which is like full of like you know kind of Wall Street minded chuds who were like, "Well, if you spend too much, you deserve everything you get." You know, and it's like Jesus, you all look to the same fucking. If you're not saving enough money, why do you not simply get yeah. a better job? Right, right, right. <laughs> you should have been born to somebody who allows you to save money. You know, yeah. Uh, and then why and not then just I'll... move in with your parents? Uh, my parents are dead. Uh... <laughs> right, right, right. Actually. <laughs> The funny thing is, like, this was actually, uh, as I was telling another friend uh, earlier this week, this was actually um, a problem I ran into in in college is not that my parents were dead, thank God, but, like, um, they were out of the country for, like, three years. And I was in college right. paying every fucking thing I had to pay. Like, I had no recourse, really, like, no practical recourse. Um, also everywhere else that any member of the family lived that I, that I actually knew well enough to ask to move in was in like a job's dead zone. Like I had Uh nothing to go on. And so everything was loans, you know? Um, yeah. And so forth. So I ended up like racking up even more, um, student loan debt than, than a lot of my friends 
because I had no social safety net really, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really infuriating to see these people who are like, you know, even, even if they were like, tr- like these, these kind of like cunning kind of like workaholic types who actually came up from like the working class into like the lower middle or, or middle, middle class as we might think of it in income terms, you know? Um, and they talk about fire goals and stuff like this, you know, those are the people who are like truly like maniacal about money, you know, yeah. those are like the emblematic of like capitalism, right? Where like, that, it's like a pathology that they it's have. It's a pathology. It really is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And like this, this Most fire people I know like just want to get by and like, yeah, get high, you know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, and like have actual real friends that they trust and who value them as people you know? Yeah. Um, and have free time. Yeah. Yeah. Free time's nice, you know? And like having, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a conflict of, it's like, it's this whole thing is a conflict of fucking interests. And like, it's, it's as, as, um, I think it was Bookchin's phrase, you know, hostile to life, right? Like mm-hmm. they, they sacrifice all their energies and their vitality to like the acquisition of money, thinking that they'll become free. Um, and I think, to borrow from seriously wrong it's like people who chase this kind of shit are also trying to escape capitalism without realizing it but they think the way to do it is by becoming the top dogs you know right um, you know so like like this fire goal thing is implicitly about freedom right financial independence retiring early yeah. they're like oh but we can beat the game right we can do this but then like Again, the only people who can actually do this realistically are people who are already privileged. They're petty bouche, you know, or they're or they're like the fucking, you know, the jackals of the working class, you know, right. Um, who, who really just cut throats to get there. Um, taking this taking this uh, this budget more into uh, like some of the kind of thinking we like to do uh, on the podcast, uh, just because we like to pretend we're big fancy economists and read big thick dusty books right right um but but the concept of the fte that we've used before right this family of four which is probably yeah maybe it's dual income we'll just be generous with that but still they're making 350k a year uh which is roughly 6.3 ftes if we're going with 55 grand a year Uh And, and so like that they are already way beyond what economists mainstream economists agree is like plenty you know like Mm -hmm. that's that's like doing okay you know to just get by you know Um, they have every single expense covered except for divorce lawyer that's the only like real expense we can think of (laughs) right and i think that's why actually i'm pretty sure that's why the husband paid off the 50k student loans by the time he was 30 so that he could start to (laughs) save up for the divorce lawyer (laughs) and uh you know pay a nanny who he could seduce over the course of like months or years Right. Uh, yeah. This is, uh, yeah, it does say occasional babysitting for two year old. That's in the budget. So, oh, that right there. How much was it again? Uh, well, they wrap, they roll it up with childcare. So it's $2,400 uh, right, right, right. monthly. Right. So this is basically, this is a part time mistress right here. That's what we're looking yes. at. $2,400 yeah. a month. That's a sugar baby. You know, <laughs> um, includes, uh, you know, clothes for one. <laughs> yeah. Gucci, yeah. not Old Navy. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, god, these people suck. Um, yeah, like, like, three hundred fifty k yeah. is roughly. It's more than twice the cap 
for federal student loans for your whole life. That's like what kind of job do you think they have? Christ, they're probably lawyers or some shit, or like yeah, probably, you know, it's gotta like be right. Tech, tech product managers, you know, um, something like that. You know, one one of these like they're both uh, within the kind of professional class and the technical class. Um, they don't even realize, you know, well, they're they're probably in the management tier as well if they're making this kind of money. Um, right. So it's probably like, oh, I'm a, I'm a creative director at a, you know, at like a communications firm for a lobby, you know, and I'm a, you know, that's that's how it would be in D.C., right? Like, I'm, I'm a, I basically design ads for the Koch brothers, you know, or I, I um, you know, I, I do product management for Raytheon, you know, so I essentially yeah. kind of like the means TV video, if you've seen that one, the, one of the recent ones where they're like, sort of playfully bantering about how to sell the new missiles, you know, the, the new drones, you know, uh, I run gay. losing campaigns <laughs> for the Democrats. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's just like boxing. You're supposed to take the fall, you know, um, that's how everybody gets their money. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you, if you lose professionally, having whipped up the crowd to support you, then everybody keeps betting, you know, that's, that's right. That's in a nutshell. So, uh, I mean, like, uh, the, the last line of this article is like, good. It's, they said, we all live to deserve a middle class. We all deserve to live a middle class lifestyle. He wrote on CNBC. Unfortunately, we've got to, we first got to sacrifice more than ever to get there today. Right. True. Which, like, yeah. That it's just like so. the budget is so offensive <laughs> that it yeah. undermines any point that you made. <laughs> One mm -hmm. last thing about this, uh, from the $1.8 million home price thing, I went and looked. I was like, uh, oh, I, w I wonder if they live in, like, Manhattan or something. So I, right, I went and looked right. at Manhattan home prices. And the first article that came up was a uh, news item from yesterday that says, uh -huh. Manhattan home prices in near freefall as median dips below $1 million. <laughs> Interesting. So Interesting. Uh, since last year... There has been a seventeen percent decline in the median home price yeah. of uh, in Manhattan, yeah. uh, so it's down to nine 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 fifty. Oh, nice! Um, and at the same time, the number of condo sales is dropping, mm -hmm. uh, which I guess you know, like if the home price is falling, like nobody wants to buy a house because everyone treats it as an investment. Yeah. Like right. it's never a it's never a consumption thing. Right. Right. Uh for like the vast majority of home buying that actually happens it's it's all like people investing in properties expecting that the price is going to go up. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, it's, everything is fucking consumption. You know, you're paying money for it, you're consuming it, whatever, you know. I and and unfortunately in this in this market like a, a a fucking they always call them homes i prefer to just call them fucking you know houses or buildings because like fuck it like it is what you make it right um right you know, oh because i think i think the whole idea of like buying a home you know is is, yeah. is marketing fucking shit you know it's like they, they just yeah. that's another thing they injected into the into the fucking lexicon i was like you're buying a home you're like no no, no you're buying a fucking building man like calling it a home. Yeah, I mean the whole thing is like uh it's part of that whole thing where like um people just 
wor- they like work on their their home. They like right. any extra money they have and any extra like energy they have, they yeah. spend it on improving their home, which yeah. you know of course raises the property value usually, and that mm-hmm. feeds into gentrification and racism and stuff. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's also I think. Like, uh, but I guess yeah. there's like a there's like a mansion tax in New York now. Oh, nice. Um, and so that's what's causing the home price decline. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Interesting. Interesting. It says the median sales price for a Manhattan townhouse fell a staggering 45.8% to 3.5 million. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's crazy. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it is crazy. All this shit is crazy and it's killing us. So that's cool. Uh, <laughs> and then supposedly, uh, I guess also in the news this week, I didn't really read much about it, but I saw just headlines that like uh, basically investors are starting to lose faith in Silicon Valley. Finally, oh, thank they're funny. like sick of the bullshit. Jesus, <laughs> finally. Which I have a feeling means that like um, like programmers are going to start making less money and yeah. uh, turn to either communism or fascism. Yep. Probably oh, fascism, based on what their politics fascism. are right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think what what's going to happen is is definitely a lot of fascism. Um, yeah, you're going to see a lot of very angry, like incel dudes who like try to get jobs at Raytheon. You know, uh, yeah, and, and, and all that shit. You Lots know, of people here America. and California. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they're just going to like flip the fucking table and send all the game pieces everywhere and be like, it's all mine now. You know, I'm the smartest <laughs> one in the room. And the, you know, the other guy's like, wait a minute, I'm the smartest one in the room. And they're like, yeah, we're all the smartest one in the room. And everybody's like, you guys are all just shitheads though. Like, but also like, you know, there's, there's a little bit of hope because there's people from like, um, you know, like a bunch of the tech workers um, with Google uh, unionized recently. And I think oh, that, okay. that, that is that is like a, a light in the darkness there. Like I think that there are people who I've talked to, who I've read about, who are in IT, who are in like tech contracting, who you know. Um, I actually connected with a guy uh, a few weeks ago um, through the Midwest Left Assembly, who was actually um, trying to get out of the um the silicon valley bubble but he was basically he's a he's he works with product management out there mm-hmm. and so forth um and and you know he's he's a socialist of some kind um and so i think that there is definitely like there's definitely still gonna be like you said um when that fork happens because it always happens when capitalism is in crisis you know yeah when that, when that fork happens it's pretty much some form of communism or obviously some form of fascism uh, but I think that there are plenty of people who will go uh, in our direction and we have to just be ready with our proverbial life rafts to like bring them in and be like, okay, here's the shit that's cool. Here's the shit that's not cool. Try to bring more people in because this is going to get real tight. you know? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, so I think we've covered that. Uh, <laughs> so let's get into Demon Slayer. We haven't oh, yeah. talked about anime on this show in a long time. Uh, yeah. Someone actually pointed that out 
Oh, it was Young Neocon, actually, I think. <laughs> but, uh, or he just made me think of the fact that we haven't talked about anime in a while. Uh, so, Demon Slayer recently finished up uh, the first season. Uh, there's mm-hmm. going to be a movie, which is, this is very weird to me. It's a canonical movie. Um, the only other thing I've seen this uh, f- with that I can think of is, I mean, I guess there's Evangelion, which I refuse to watch, and uh, Initial D, which uh, the third season is a movie, mm. um, which the movie for that was very good and moved the plot along really quickly. And if the Demon Slayer movie is anything like that, then I think it'll be good. Um, but anyway, so let's talk about the first season. Uh, so I just wanted to first go through like uh, like our impression of each like category for you know what goes into an anime. So uh, first off, the music. Uh, I think it's very good. I think the theme songs are good. I usually don't like anime theme songs, but uh, I like the opening one a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. The closing one is is okay. And uh, the soundtrack, I think, is really good. Uh, you know, it's not, it doesn't go too crazy, so it's not, like, distracting, but it's good at, like, building tension and sounding occult and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, did you watch enough to get an impression of the soundtrack or anything? Yeah, actually, I totally agree with you on the theme songs. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by the both like the, the kind of the quality of yeah um, actually I, I like both to be honest um and uh, it's funny because there's this meme that is extremely on point about like anime theme songs how like the first one is just this like fucking just drive just like a just like a high drive like you know and you're like, oh fuck, I'm amped. Oh my god, I can't wait. And then, yeah. then like <laughs> the outro like music is always like this like contemplative, like just kind of like foggy windows and just like staring with like a cup of coffee, that kind of thing. You know, or, like thinking about your relationships and and it's like this one, you know, played to form, you know, uh, but it, it did a really good job of it. And I, I appreciated that. Yeah. I think part of the reason I don't like the outro soundtrack is because I get mad every time the episode ends because I'm like, I just want to keep watching it. Like, why is it over now? Yeah, <laughs> I think I if, really if all 26 yeah. episodes were stitched together and I only had to listen to the outro song once, I would probably be like, oh, this is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would say um, with, with, with shows that are like uh, emotionally impactful, I actually tend to enjoy the outro because it does give me like a little bit of um, processing time mm-hmm. um, yeah and then like uh, uh it's kind of like also a bit of um a hook um a leitmotif that uh helps me to kind of like um attach the emotions that i've gathered in the episode or in the series to that song so that then when i hear the song again it's kind of mm-hmm. it's very clever how music works right it's uh it's very emotional stuff <laughs> um but like how like every passing episode the theme song and this is what they're for just kind of like accrues all of those emotional processes. And so that's one reason why I actually like, even though I also like to binge and I like to just cut straight through sometimes um, I can also sit and appreciate the song uh, because it yeah. kind of 
it kind of like keeps me keyed into like everything that's happened so far and how I feel about it as well as having a particular step. Yeah. And for me, it also gives me time to be distracted on Twitter for a little bit while I, <laughs> while I'm watching True. a bunch of episodes in a row. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. I was doing that a lot more, uh, this week because I've already seen the whole show so far. So I was rewatching a lot of episodes and I was mm-hmm. like, uh, well, I'll just leave the theme song on and start watching whenever I, you know, get bored of Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, so next animation. Uh, I think the animation is like benchmark. Like, it's absolutely outstanding. Uh, if you want a really good example and you've never seen the series, uh, just go mm-hmm. straight to episode 19, especially like the last few minutes. Uh, just mm-hmm. incredible, incredible mm-hmm. animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the movie coming out, I think it's going to be setting the bar even higher because usually movies have much bigger budgets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think this and Mob Psycho 100 will probably be some of the best animation you'll see for many years. Yeah, I, I, I really, I really, really love the animation in this one as well. Um, mm-hmm. I also like, you know, we're 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 both old enough. Um, to have like lived through a couple of eras of anime, mm-hmm. um, like as they happened, which is you know that's kind yes. of old people talk, but it's true. It's just like when you when when something's new and then it becomes old and you live through that process, you know, of, of, of artistic evolution. It be, it's it's a different experience, um, and I really right. enjoy yeah. um, what they've done in the like the quality of the art. Is, is really beautiful. The coloring, the lines, very nicely done, um, very crisp without um, over kind of over drawing things without like over defining mm-hmm. the forms. And there's also like when they, when they work with um, a lot of the natural elements, uh, because when you, when you um, it's hard to draw things like fire, hair, water, light, you know, um, yeah. darkness, for example, too, you know, effectively using darkness and shadow and like translucence texture of things like snow, um, grass, etc. That's a lot of, that takes a lot of skill. Uh, and it takes a lot of patience with that skill. Um, and they have done all of it very masterfully without, um, straying from a particular style. So that's like really like, they're really just, like I said, with the music, they're very keyed in, which is like yeah, nothing looks out of place in the show. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, um, like I have been watching initial D for the past couple of weeks. The first season of that came out like at the cusp of, uh, CGI animation. It was like 1994 or something like that. And mm. so it has very early, 3d animation in it and it looks so out of place uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it gets better as the series goes on but oof man it's like really jarring and in this show i like i think as time goes on uh animators are getting better at better in, uh, at using 3d animation in a way that is not so jarring um yes, and yes. I, th- I think this show does a really good job like i remember in the first the very one of the very first scenes that they're like uh, tracking through like a, a mountain and uh, there's like a rabbit or something like that. And they use CGI on that and it, it looks good. And then um, I was just Googling images of it just cause I wanted to look at the, 
art again. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking at a, a, a still of Tanjiro with his hand to like some wisteria, which was uh, probably during final selection. And I just noticed, I didn't notice until just now, but like the wisteria is 3D graphics. Mm. And it looks oh, really yeah. good. It looks like it's painted, but it's, yeah. it's definitely 3D. Um, and then I think like the, the cityscapes, like, uh, mm-hmm. that one minute scene that I had you watch where Tanjiro was yeah. like melting down about modernity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that whole city. And I think the, most of the characters that were walking around, like the background characters were 3d. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a really yeah. good one. I appreciated that was a really really good scene. Um, yes, I was impressed. Honestly, there was a lot of texture, light, um, like very. The lighting is crazy in this show. Yeah, it really is. It's really good, and also the smoothness of the different like the street cars were moving like street cars. I mean, there's kind of you know yep. there's always a kind of an anime look to how different things move. Um, uh-huh. but within, within each uh, show or, or, you know, within a, a particular studio, maybe they take on a particular, you know, their own style around certain kinds of movement, but yeah, like the street cars moved more or less true to kind of the anime street car or anime machinery kind of sort of movement style, I guess you uh-huh. could say. And then the people, you know, they're they're both extremely stylistically just like so anime, but also at the same time have right. like uh, kind of an idiosyncratic, you know, demon slayer kind of movement. Um, and that was true of that scene in the city where like it's this completely new setting because they're usually in the, out in the countryside, right? And um, where there's all these natural textures and all these um, kind of seasonal kind of uh, effects and um, Again, very like I said, very elemental sorts of objects and effects. And then in the city, it's artificial, it's modernity, it's industrial, it's electric, you know, streetcars, like I said, and uh, it's very all this everything's painted smooth and like cut out and everything. And it's mm-hmm. they did it effectively, so it wasn't just a transition from one scene to the next. It was a transition from one reality to the next, right? Totally yes. different, totally totally different textures, angles, uh, colors, you know. Uh, the lighting, like you said, uh, it was truly lamplight, you know, like like late 19th. What, yeah, late it's like 19th. really volumetric. Yeah. So I was really impressed by that, for sure. Um, so I, I linked an image that I was just looking at in the chat. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just me, but uh, it looks like Tomioka is actually 3D in this shot here like his face looks like it looks like a cell shaded video game but because this was like an action shot yeah like this would have been like one frame and like i definitely did, did not notice it when i was watching um yeah. and then you can also see like a like a really prominent lighting thing with like yeah. the reflection off of his sword there yeah yeah the the, the sword in that in that uh, fight was really interesting because it was so like distinctive. Um, mm-hmm. Like it gave, um, I mean, it, it really gave the sense of, of like, if you've ever seen an actual authentic um, katana in real life in full light, 
it actually reminded me of that, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and because it's got a particular gleam to it because it's so well-crafted and so smooth. Um, and it's got that kind of, you know, blue steel look, um, that kind of very, very fine, finely forged steel. Um, I was impressed by like how they were able to do that, you know, without making it look kind of like overdone, you know, or, or yeah. out of place. I've never gotten a real katana before. This is my first katana. <laughs> While you were making money, I was studying the blade. <laughs> Let's see. I have one more thing about yeah about the animation. Like, there's a uh, there's a good use of like some of the more silly stuff. Like, um, you know, they're not they're not doing the exact same like cartoonish style as uh, other series. Um, like, they have like a kind of stock joke, which is the main character eating crazy fast but it, it's done in a completely different way i don't know if you watched past the like i realized like i gave you one minute and it's like right before that scene uh the mm-hmm. one where he's in the city he goes in like uh oh it's actually no it's in the next episode uh mm-hmm. he goes back to this udon stand and orders two bowls of udon and eats them in like five seconds and just the way he does it and the sounds of it are like very, very funny. Um, and then uh, like Zenitsu, uh, as as much as I hate him as a character, uh, like the the way he's animated is is very funny. Um, I don't like his voice or his personality or any of that shit, but um, the way they animate him freaking out is funny. Um, and then. Like, uh, they do a couple scenes, uh, Nezuko is just, like, being weird and fidgety, and, uh, they do that in a very funny way as well. Um, so, yeah, (laughs) overall, the animation, 10 out of 10, easily, uh, hands down, no question, best part of the series, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, so, this, this one you might not... Uh, be as able to contribute because you only saw a few of the episodes, but uh, the characters. Um, oh, yeah. I think they're pretty good. Again, Zenitsu is a major downside who, to me, gets way too much screen time. Mm-hmm. And Inosuke is just okay. I don't know if you saw any scenes with Inosuke, but uh, he's the guy uh, with the, the boar head. Yeah. Yeah. I mostly just saw Inos- Inosuke um, like running around fighting and being very, like, furious um that's pretty much all he does (laughs) okay 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 i was like i was like you know a a person with like a boar's head head uh Uh or or mask thing um i'm I'm not sure because it's a demon slayer story so i'm like is this real is this just put on is this satanic (laughs) and therefore both it's a real Um, it's a real boar's head uh but yeah pretty much his whole thing is he gets pissed um his, so he's like a berserker his, of sorts. Like, yeah, his weird mm-hmm. quality is uh, if you image search him, you'll probably see uh, his face is nothing like what you would expect him to look like. He looks like, um, like he has like ombre hair. Right, right, right. He's cute. You're saying he's sexy. Yeah, he's a sexy man. He's a cute, pretty man. Yeah, that's fine. He's pretty. Yes, and he wears a I guess the be- the right thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, you know, with a boar's head on, I'm, maybe I wouldn't. But with uh, with uh, the boar's head off, I don't know. He's like bimbo-fied, basically. Yeah, bimbo-fied. 
forehead. Um, that's his his one weird thing. Like, uh, there is he does have a little bit of depth because after the big fight on the mountain, he's like depressed for a while and can't uh you know get back on the old horse. Uh, but then he uh gets back to it. Um, there was a very funny thing where like he has that jagged sword, and uh, he loses his swords, and so uh the blacksmiths make him replacement ones and they're like uh we almost never make like dual wield swords so like uh this is like kind of a new thing for us so we, it was like you know a lot of work and he immediately takes them and takes like a big rock and starts knocking chips out of them to make them look like his old swords it's <laughs> 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 <is> pretty funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> um that was kind of good um I think the most interesting characters are like the, like a lot of the background characters. Like, um, mm. Kyo guy is very interesting. I think the, uh, the guy who can spin the room with the, uh, what's it called? The, uh, the drums. I can't remember what they're called. That was, uh, that was in one of the clips that you made me, uh, watch, right? Where they were like yes. in like a, and they were like, oh God, how do I fucking do this? Cause like basically, yeah, he was like altering reality in a way. Yeah. Um, it was very, very. Yeah, and you see, you see, like yeah. his, you see, like a really effectively done backstory where it's just like, uh, this is the thing that he was most tormented by in his past life. This is like his one memory of being a human, mm-hmm. which I don't think that was really a thing that was like prominent, like, uh, like clear before that like demons can have memories of themselves like prior to becoming demons. Um, because like we know that Nezuko was a human before, but it's not clear that she remembers anything about it other than like she remembers her brother. Um, and yeah, then yeah. there's uh, I don't think you saw any of the episodes, but there's um, Miss. Uh, anyway, she's she's like a a doctor that's also a demon, and she turns this mm-hmm. uh, this terminally ill kid into a demon. And she cool. explains <laughs> his past. Talk about a Make-A-Wish Foundation gone wrong, you know. Just well, no, no, she was actually <laughs> saving his life. Like uh, she's oh, like a really okay, bene- okay. she's a benevolent demon. She's like oh, the, the only other benevolent demon it's, it's besides like, the kid like, and uh, Nezuko. It's like analogous to like um, sometimes in like vampire stories. It's like oh, and then like the vampire felt pity for their victim or yes. something. Yes, vampire. Okay, yeah. okay, I get it. I get it. But she she like asked him. She was like. I can turn you into a demon and like you will lose your humanity. But if you value being alive more than being a human, then I can try and turn you into a demon and you might survive. And he chose to. And that was the one. He's the one person that she successfully turned into a demon because all, all the other demons are created by Muzan, the main villain. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. So like, she explains his past before being um, becoming a demon, but it, it's not clear whether he remembers or not. Um, but Kyo guy mm-hmm. very clearly remembers being a human, and mm-hmm. the one thing that he remembers is like this really traumatic thing that happened to him, where he tried to he was like a playwright, and he tries to give his work 
uh, to someone that he admired, and the guy was like, "This fucking sucks. Like you'll never oh, amount to anything." Shit. And then that's, steps on it. That's so awful. Yeah, and uh, he like uh, feels like warmly towards Tanjiro because Tanjiro like tries to avoid stepping on his writing mm. even as he's like even as Kyo guy is like flipping the room around trying to kill him right right um and and Tanjiro says like your your blood art your demon blood art is amazing like it's really it's really impressive mm-hmm. and as Kyo guy's dying he's like did you really mean that like holy <laughs> shit like you respect my yeah. my art <laughs> mm-hmm. Finally, someone oh, does. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. It only took me like becoming a, a blood demon of some kind to, to get yeah, some <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah. So like really, really effective um, background character. Um, kind of more interesting, I think, than like more interesting than a Nosuke, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Uh, same with the the. Uh, demons on the mountain, like the the spider demons, the mother and and Rui, um, they had a pretty complex uh, characterization. Um, the mother like was tormented by her son and uh, had had been trying to kill the the demon slayers, and then when she sees Tanjiro is like about to kill her, she's like, well. My life, my life sucks. <laughs> like I may as well just let it happen. Right. Can finally be free from the, my son's torment. Right, right. And then we find out that uh, Tanjiro is is very empathetic towards the demons. I mean, we already right. we saw that with Kyogai, but also like, uh, yeah, he's about to just you know brutally murder her, and then he mm-hmm. sees like she's actually giving up. So he switches techniques to this thing that kills her completely painlessly yeah it's it's like it's like tanjiro would absolutely punch a nazi but would do it having full awareness of their humanity you know yeah like he's like the antifa who's not who doesn't need and doesn't desire to dehumanize the fascists but it's mm-hmm. like no yeah they're, they're human beings but they must be destroyed <laughs> like yeah yeah. Yeah. Um and we can something. we can talk more about this stuff. Uh I just want to get through the plot first uh yeah, for the yeah. last like point to rate. Yeah. Um I think the plot is pretty good. Uh the pacing and arc of the first season though are like executed strangely. There's like this big climactic fight in episodes yeah. 19 and 18 19 20. And yeah. then uh then there's like six episodes of training. <laughs> Which like usually that's you want to start a season with that, and then there's the transition to the next arc in the last like ten minutes or so uh, or so of the series, and yeah. then it says like yeah the series will be continued with a canonical movie which is very unusual. Um, and I mean like uh, I guess the plot isn't like super like original you know there's plenty of shows about you know demon hunting, um. The part where the main character's sister is a demon and he's trying to turn her back is somewhat of a new thing. Um, although it's, I mean, it's very similar to like uh, Full Metal Alchemist or 
um, Eureka 7 or something like that where, you know, one of the main characters has some kind of curse and has to get rid of it. That's a pretty common trope. Um, But it's very well executed, everything, I think. So other than the strange structure of the first season, um, I think as a whole, the work will be really good. You know, once we get the whole thing. Um, so overall, you know, very strongly recommended. Um, what, what, like, what, what did you think overall of, uh, the parts that I had you watch? Well, uh, I really, uh, enjoyed it. Um, it's not very Christian, so I have to disapprove, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> even though no, they're yeah. demon slayers, they are surprisingly <laughs> not Christian. <laughs> they're, they're Shinto demon slayers, so it doesn't, yeah. It doesn't <laughs> Ultimately, they do get a lot of wisdom from their temple. ancestors. <laughs> right, right, right. The ancestor worship, you know, let's be yeah. clear. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I, actually really appreciated it. You know, I'm always one to enjoy this kind of story um, because this is the... Yeah, you're a big fantasy guy. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's a thoughtful fantasy story, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like, that's my shit right there. It's like, yeah. there's a lot of fantasy out there, you know, whether it's like anime, manga or like kind of Western kind of shit, you know, in like, whether it's grim, dark or high fantasy or just swords and sorcery straight out or, or some kind of other, like whatever, um, you know, or, or even space, space operas and kind of, uh, science fantasy or whatever it may be. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the really, the, the, the good shit is, is this kind of thoughtful shit where it's got like, Oh, like, yeah, it's like it's a it's a fucking action adventure with like fictional spiritual creatures and like undead and whatever the fuck else is going on. You know, they've got these superpowers or not. Um, you know, but like the themes of the story are not just like you know, good man kill bad man or like you know, oh I'm a I'm a sex pest but with a sword. You know, shit like that. Yeah. But it's like oh like there's there's at least some level of complexity between. Um, especially of course the protagonist and like the characters around them in this case, that, that seems to be true, you know, um, like, 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 I mean, in any, like even yeah. in the most like action packed thing, there's going to yeah. be downtime of yeah. some kind and mm-hmm. why not like make a point <laughs> during yeah, the downtime? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and you notice that, like you said that you actually fleshed out uh, a couple times is that like Tanjiro is even as he's like fighting, you know, he's also like uh, embracing the kind of, um, or, or maybe not embracing is that's a bit too active maybe, but like he's just open to the fact that like this enemy uh, in one case made something that is artistically beautiful. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or has some kind of motive that is like legible, understandable, you know, um, yes. You're right. Like has some kind of like, we go back to the idea of sympathy or empathy, you know, but like, even then it's like, that's even sort of, uh, not quite totally describing what's going on. I think is, you know, it's like, he's appreciative. Right. Yes. Um, and I think that's really important in a story like this about like, uh, essentially, you know, when it comes down to it, like serial killing, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, 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 by two or three, uh, you know, essentially factions, as I understand it, of power. Um, 
in in this uh, sort of fantasy version of historical Japan, you know, the Aisha um, era. And, and so uh, it's really important in a story about people, you know, destroying each other's lives, basically, mm-hmm. um, that you have a core of like, you know, not just generic humanity, but like actual, like a kind of intentional humanity, like, like empathy and appreciation and, um, and um, more of those other complex emotions that happen in people's lives, you know? Right. I think that's valuable. Yeah. Yeah. So we can just get fully into the empathy part. Um, So like Tanjiro shows empathy for, like almost all of the demons other than like the very minor ones um, that are only on screen for like three seconds or whatever. Mm. Um, so like kill guy, obviously we already mentioned uh, there's, there's the hand demon during final selection. That's like this giant monster who's made of hands and arms and mm. just loves killing people. But mm. even as he's dying, um, Tanjiro shows him empathy. Mm. Uh, there's the Temari demon that attacks him at um miss what's her face's house um like as she's dying she asks for her tamari it's like a little ball uh, like a toy ball and um it's got like a bell in it and like there was something about it like being alive or like being like the spirit of something else and Mm -hmm. she's like asking for it as she's like burning up um from having her head cut off and Mm -hmm. tanjiro like go like picks it up and gives it to her mm. um and then again as we mentioned the mother spider demon she like decides that she doesn't want to be tormented anymore so he gives her like a painless mm-hmm. beautiful death yeah. uh a death that i i could only wish for <laughs> mm-hmm. uh that's the way i want to die i want to get my head cut off by his sword technique yeah, that, right, uh right. it's completely painless high. and makes you see like uh, beautiful uh, rain after the drought. <laughs> right, right. Which is a pretty good um, Yeah. Uh, but I, I think a really important point and one that ties into another thing that's been in the news this week is that uh, even though he shows empathy, he never shows forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he's like, I understand that you were tormented in your life. I understand that you have motivations for what you do but you've killed scores of people and i will never forgive you for that and i'm going to kill you exactly exactly i and of course what that connects to is the uh i don't i don't actually know how to pronounce it both of john trial oh yeah where every single person involved is hugging and kissing amber geiger the Fucking un- completely unapologetic racist yeah. murderer who broke into someone's house and murdered him and let him bleed out. Yeah. Um, and they're like, Oh, I forgive you. I want to, I want to be your friend. Literally his dad was like, I want to be your friend someday. Yeah. Which is just, uh, Oh my God. That's so fucking insane to me. Yeah. He had some good tweets about that. That I- Yes. I, I want people to read because um, he had been talking about this issue for yeah. long before this too. Yeah. Like he's mentioned this thing like multiple times, like um, black people are always expected to, and, and 
other racialized people are always expected to believe or uh, not believe, but um, be forgiving of their their murderers and their abusers. Yeah, it's 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 fucked up. It's completely fucked up. Um, and it's one of those things that like I had observed um, from like this actually happened with. Uh, fuck, which I don't, you know, there's so many fucking shootings. I mean, actually, now that I've mentioned it, yeah. I'm suddenly afraid there's going to be a shooting this weekend. Uh, but like, you know, just because there probably will be. Uh, but like, um, uh, one of the one of the shooting victims who is like young and like whatever, uh, you know, not that it's you know how it goes, right? Like died too young, all that shit. But like yeah. one of the shooting victims at one of these shootings, like what, like a month or two ago, you know, their father did this, like, oh, I'm a, you know, a good Christian and a bigger man or whatever. And they're like, you know, I forgive the shooter. And it happened in like fucking 12 hours. And I was like, no, don't do that shit. Like, you know, you've got your personal journey of emotion and grief and, and dealing with this, but like never, never fucking forgive these pieces of shit. Like, yeah, I was raised in a family, you know, we all know I'm a fucking Christian, post-Christian shed myself, you know, but like I was raised in a family where um, we approached this sort of thing sort of systematically according to what seemed like the best practices of, of like theology really, which was, you know, um, forgiveness is valuable and it's important and you have to be willing to forgive if somebody shows remorse and repentance, Mm -hmm. right? Repentance being the key, which is that they are like, I am so sorry and I will never do it again. And I will do what it takes to make this right. So then you forgive them, right? It's it's, it's supposed to be healing from both sides. It's mutual uh, healing, much like we think of like mutual aid, right? It is an active multilateral, uh, not transaction. I don't want to say that word. Um, Multilateral, um, you know, action. Um, and, and, yeah. uh, and so when people say, well, I, I forgive the killer, I forgive this person. You're like, no, you are trying to escape the horror and the misery of having to deal with this emotionally. And you are trying to be good mm-hmm. to a person who has not actually, um, literally earned it in this sense of like, being remorseful and repenting and saying like, in fact, I will uh, turn away from what I've done. I will try to do what is necessary to, um, you know, not, you you can't restore a a life that's been taken, but you can do other things, right. To demonstrate that you are worth having around, right. That you you try to heal that that wound in society. Like giving them all your money forever. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it is, it is, um, it is disturbing to me that this, this shit happens. And the, the biggest defense of it, of the I forgive you side of it is, oh, well, they're Christian. So that's part of their faith. And it's like, well, that's why Christianity fucking sucks is <laughs> it makes people do this exact thing. Exactly. <laughs> like forgive someone at completely the wrong time. Exactly. I think that this is, um, this is actually a really good way to think about like, um, manifestations of Christianity. You know, um, you've got 
Christianity is personal faith, which is really what like, you know, my family's about and they have their own issues. But to me, that's always been a superior uh, way. Like this sort of like the pacifist anarchist Christianity of Tolstoy, for example, is like a superior form and practice of a, of a particular spiritual kind of uh, uh, whatever life way um, versus like the religion, which contains racist, sexist, classist structures, right? And that's what's motivating these people to forgive without reason, right? Yeah. Um, forgive somebody who has not, who not only is undeserving, but who hasn't even requested forgiveness and has not offered anything yeah. that indicates that they should receive forgiveness, you know, because that's, yeah, that she probably does not even give a shit that power. they oh, yeah. forgive her. There, there is one, there's one defense of this. I saw that actually makes sense. That is completely understandable to me, which okay. is, they are trying to avoid being fucked with by the cops for the rest of their lives. That is what I heard as a possible explanation. And I agree. Yeah. That is the yeah. one, the one good reason you might do this. So um, if that's what y'all are up to, like, I forgive it. you. <laughs> right. right. Um, <laughs> well, no, actually, no, Ta- I, I take that back. I'm going with the, the Tanjiro way. I, I understand you, but I right. will never forgive you. <laughs> right. right, right. <laughs> Uh, um, I support anybody trying to avoid the cops, um, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I finally found the the woman's name, Miss Tamayo. That's that's her name. Which one? The um, the the woman who's a demon doctor. Oh, the demon doctor. Okay. Yeah. Because okay. I have a quote from her, which is like one of the first things she says to Tanjiro is, uh, he's like, uh, so he he sees Muzan. And uh, first of all, Muzan look looks like Michael Jackson, um, in this part of the the show. Um, not only does he look like him, but he's obsessed with his complexion. Someone says that he looks uh, too pale, and he murders them and uh, his friends. Uh, so uh, he basically is Michael Jackson. Um, and uh, so in this scene. Uh, he scratches this guy in the back of the neck because Tanjiro is like about to confront him and he's with his family, uh, which is like Tanjiro is like shocked by this, that this like, you know, arch demon Lord has a human family that he's just walking around in public with. And so, uh, yeah. So as, as a diversion, Muzan scratches this guy in the back of the neck, turns him into a demon and, uh, Tanjiro wrestles him down cause he's trying to eat people. And, uh, he, like the cops come and they're like, like get off this guy. What are you doing? And he's like, he's like this this person is dangerous. Like, uh, please put restraints on him. And uh, so Miss Tamayo comes and um, creates another diversion <laughs> with her blood demon art. And then she says to uh, Tanjiro, you you use the term person to refer to a transformed demon. Like, um, noticing immediately like his empathy for demons. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, th- I thought that was interesting. Um, but on the other hand, like everyone else in the Demon Slayer Corps, uh, completely the opposite. Other than like the leader guy, I cannot remember his name, and I don't really feel like looking it up. That uh, the the leader of the Demon Slayer Corps, he's much more open to the idea of being empathetic uh, to demons, uh, whereas. 
like the Hashira, who are like the lead lead officers, um, they don't even want to let Nezuko live. They think that she should be killed because she's a demon. And um, Tomioka, who's one of the Hashira in the in the very first episode, says like, "Don't ever give others a chance the chance to murder you." Uh, like he has a very social Darwinist view of of reality. Like, you know, you can't you can't show weakness. Uh, this world is you know suffering, and uh, there are always those who will lo- be looking to dominate you. Uh, the only way that you can uh, come out on top is by dominating them first, and that's just the way things are. Um, but then by the end of the season, we find out that. Uh, he's kind of changed his view. He actually offers his life to protect Nezuko. He's the one Hashira that is uh, on Tanjiro's side and thinks, like, we should give her a chance. Um, and he says, you know, if she does turn out to be a regular demon that kills people, then you can kill me. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, let's see... And, uh, yeah, uh, again, like, all the demons whose backstories we see are, like, are marked by trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we see a, a brief flashback of the mother spider demon, and um, she had a, a traumatic life. Um, all, like, the demon slayers, a lot of them are marked by trauma. I think uh, one of the characters who hasn't really been involved, but he was in Final Selection, uh, I, was, I was just reading the wiki and, like, uh, he had a single mother who, uh, with a large family, and so his his whole life was struggling. Um, you know, obviously Tanjiro's family is killed. Um, mm-hmm. I think Tomioka is an orphan as well. Um, I mean, he seems to be like based on his view of life, he seems to be suffering. Uh, because otherwise he wouldn't think that like you know life is just this brutal social Darwinist thing. Um, one of my favorite quotes is uh, on Tanjiro's first job, uh, he uh, helps this guy who, like, his his girlfriend disappeared, and it turns out that she was eaten by a demon. And, uh, you know, this... Tanjiro, who, like, by the way, he's he's supposed to be 13, which is, like, the, one of the craziest things, I think. It's, like, uh, that's really young to be going through all this stuff. Uh, but so uh, Tanjiro kills the demon that, you know, uh, ki- that ate the girlfriend. And he's walking away, and he starts waving at the guy. And uh, the guy sees Tanjiro's hand, and it's, like, completely calloused and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. the, the quote is, uh, his hand was heartbreaking to see, hearten, uh, sorry, hardened by relentless training and so thick, it wasn't a boy's hand. So, like, at, at 13 years old, he has this, like, you know, v- very aged man's, uh, like, you know, hand that's seen a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 An experienced hand. Yes. Basic. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Hand. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Uh, so I think that's pretty much all I have. Uh, did you have anything else? No. No, I'm good. Okay. 
So, for our final thing, uh, I thought of a game today that we uh, can start playing. I, I, I think it'd be fun to do this with guests as well. Uh, we can, you know, tailor this to whatever we happen to be talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the game is Civ or not Civ. And so it's very simple. Uh, we just think of a thing and we decide whether it is Civ as in uh, civilization. You know, like uh, you need civilization to have it. Uh, or not Civ as in, uh, you know, in our anarchist utopia, it'll it'll still exist. Uh so, I think it'll become clear uh, as, as we play. Uh, so, we have three things uh, that I thought of for today. Uh, and so, the first one is a really popular one because it comes up in discussions of anarcho-primitivism. And that is uh, glasses. So, Chris, do you think glasses are sieve or not sieve? Well, uh, let's see. I mean, are they... They're like eyes, which are na- nature, right? Um, yeah, but they're also not naturally occurring. Uh, so I mean, I'm gonna have to go with they're 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 sieve, you know? They're right, um, especially like all that symmetry that's involved. That's very sieve. That's uh, true. Yes. Yeah, you have to. They're round. To There's not a lot of round stuff. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess there is a lot of round stuff. Your eyes are round. That's yeah. not true. That's a bad point. <laughs> I'm going to cut that. <laughs> right, right. If the, if the glasses are not made of glass, then they're maybe not sieve. You know, if you, if you cut the corneas off of another animal and then <laughs> put them onto like a, a, a frame made of like twigs, you know, and then renewable glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. These, these fucking, you know, frog eyes are my glasses. And they help me see underwater. You have to tan it into optical leather. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's gross. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, for my answer, you know, a lot of people, of course, say no, that's silly. Glasses are an important technology to cure disability. You know, just because we don't have civilization doesn't mean we can't have glasses. We could We could make them with, you know, hand tools and... Um, you know, it's an important enough thing. It doesn't like contribute to the development of the state or anything like that. Um, but I say, yes, they are. Um, first of all, lenses are parabolic and parabolas are non-existent Christian metaphysical pseudoscience. Uh, Christianity is civ, of course. Right. Um, very civ. Yeah. It also requires an optometrist, uh, to get glasses fitted and, uh, metrics are civ. Um, and then the process of eyesight testing uses letters, which are sieve. And uh, glass requires fuel to manufacture, and fuel is sieve. So mm-hmm. I think it's pretty conclusive, personally. Yeah. Guess we um, glasses anymore. Glasses are canceled. Yeah, once uh, once sieve is over, if your eyesight is bad, uh, you'll just do stuff that's far away, you know? Or close yeah. up, depending on how course, your eyesight is bad. Yeah. Or yeah. only on like one side or the other, you know. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty rough. Don't read uh, books because those are sieve. Um, <laughs> you'll just uh, you'll just good. be listening to you know tales and uh, lectures yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you can just. Uh, okay, so I think I think we both decided that's sieve. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's uh, that's in the bag now, and uh, 
You know, that's that's the official answer for the entire left. Yeah. So uh, we can move on to the next one, which is uh, antibiotics. Mm. It's important. Civ or not civ? Well, uh, depends on uh, probably depends on the form of antibiotics. You know, like if you're thinking like like uh, I'm very stupid, so I only know one kind: <laughs> moss and dirt and bits Is of dirt antibiotic <laughs> mold. I think I think there's kinds of soil that help. Yeah. I could be making that up. It could could have been just some like fucking hippie clickbait, but like, you know, I, I feel like I've seen that somewhere. <laughs> There's certain kinds of soil. Taking a dust bath like, like a chinchilla. <laughs> right, right. I mean, hey, I'm into it, you know. Let's go take a dust bath. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. So. Awesome. Okay. Um, so, you, so you don't know. Yeah, depends, I think. It depends. Depends. Okay. Uh, so let's see for me. Um, I mean, on one hand it's nature cause, uh, the only antibiotic I know is penicillin and that comes from mold. Mold is natural. Um, but on the other hand, it comes from bread mold and bread is definitely sieve. Oh, that's sieve. It's uh, but I, I guess, you know, you can make bread out of potatoes mm-hmm. or like, uh, wild sorghum maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but then you wouldn't, you wouldn't have the, you wouldn't want to do the work of milling the grain. That would be a waste of time. That's definitely sieve. You know? Yeah. 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 You know, so I'll say, there, I'll say it's sieve. To, to grind things in a systematic way. That's it as fuck. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, there's other stuff with antimicrobial properties i think so uh just uh i don't know live in a neem tree or something <laughs> yeah you know just opportunistically okay. anti- um uh, yeah. yeah uh i mean well we sort of touched on this on a previous episode but you know a lot of diseases are caused by uh i mean like uh, we talked about the ecological theory of disease and a lot of diseases are caused by a lot of people living in close proximity. So mm. antibiotics are more necessary in civilizations. Right. Right. So it's, it's like an outfall of, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, so it's certainly possible to get an infection yeah. if you're yeah. not in a civilization, but right. you're like way less you, like, likely to just become sick. Yeah, yeah. Like you could, you know, you could feasibly, you know, like be walking around the forest, fall into like a gulch, you know, mm-hmm. onto a rock or just hard against the ground. You know, your femur breaks, right? Mm-hmm. Goes through your thigh, comes out, and it's exposed. You know, there's a huge gash in your thigh, right? Uh-huh. Um, you're. Skin is torn. There's blood everywhere. Right, the muscle is torn. Um, you're, you're. There's like fucking very graphic image you're painting. <laughs> like dirt and leaves, and there's like maybe worms that have fallen into this like giant crevice in your body, and your your bone is basically leaking marrow. 
you know. It's, you're squirming around and screaming because the pain is a 10 out of 10. Right? You've like, never felt anything worse in your life. This, right. You're like, I didn't do Civ. I didn't do Civ, you know. <laughs> and then. Um, you gave childbirth like, and that was a breeze compared to this right, shit. Right. You can't you can't curse or or pray to any gods because that's also Civ. So you're just freaking <laughs> out just sort of anomically. Uh, you know, cursing without, nature in general, <laughs> nature in general, even though nature is what you were gravity, etc. It's <laughs> really just pissing you off, you know, and, and, you know, in the meantime, you're just grinding, uh, your fingers against this horrible, just weeping gash, you know, thinking this is going to get infected <laughs> soon and there's nothing I can do about it. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and then you die. Yeah. Uh, but at least you didn't sieve. Yeah. But I mean, what would have what would penicillin have done for you there? You know. Yeah, exactly. Like you could have you could have maybe like reset the bone, which sounds kind of civvy. Um, you know. What you need is a doctor, which yeah, that's which is, not sieve. That's, that's, yeah. As long as that's it's a witch doctor. Entirely. Exactly. It has to be a witch doctor. You know? Yeah. Um, None of these you science know, doctors. Could, like, remember, like the. You could remember like the oral history that was that was you know taught to you as like a child about how to to do sort of wish doctory things. Maybe you can do yeah. that. So maybe I don't know. I mean, maybe you can split your leg. That's fine. Right. You can pack the wound open so that it pusses out. That's right. fine. Yeah, yeah. You can and do. Then you the, can dress it. Uh-huh. That's okay uh-huh. as long as you use like leaves and stuff, or mm-hmm. you know, wild harvested fibers in general. True. That's um, true. You yeah. could do the old maggots trick, you know, like if, it's, if it becomes necrotic. True, know, true. Yeah. Then you're, and then you're just really just, you're just helping ultimately yeah. using your pain to help the world. That's anti-civ. That's anti-civ. Um, and it's also like really super, um, just like giving of you. Um, if you get a blood clot, you can use leeches. That's cool. True. That's true. If you, if you live long enough. That, this, that you can use leashes, then you can use leashes. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I mean, you might get an embolism when you're while, while you're healing, right? You know, you gotta you gotta keep your leg immobilized. So right. you know, yeah. you can't use a wheelchair, of course, because wheels are sieve. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you you can sit around all day because the rest of your band can take care of you. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, uh, so if you get an embolism while you're sitting and recovering. You can you can use leeches. That's fine. True. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And, um, and you really, you know, you sit, maybe you even sit stitches. Around. I mean, you know, you could yeah. probably make some sort of uh, suture out of uh, natural materials. I don't know. Oh yeah, you could easily. Um, I mean, you could you could do all sorts of things with like strips, tendon of or something, or like tendon, yeah, or like. Um, What's you know, that word? Mean, what are, what are violin strings made of? Gut? Gut? I don't know. Anyway. Did you not hear me? Well, I think we're uh, we're pretty settled on that one. So let's let's get to the last one, which is uh, very important for us, of course. And that is uh, anime. Civ or not Civ? Oh, uh, well, it's, I mean, it's really just moving pictures, which is just like real life. So, I mean, I would say that it's pretty much not Civ. Yeah, I mean, I would say that, like, uh, supposedly, like, early cave paintings were made so that like uh as the fire moves around it looks like they're moving and that's basically anime that's all anime really is that's the operator um 
And anime is, of course, very stylized uh, animation. So, you know, cave paintings also stylized. So I would say, yeah, cave paintings, uh, anime. So anime not civ, which is good for us because that's half of our thing. <laughs> yeah, that's you know that's what I live and breathe for. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think we can wrap it up there. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, check out our other episodes at neighborsciencepodcast.com. You can follow us on uh, Twitter at NeighborSciPod and other social media at NeighborScience. Uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash NeighborScience. We have a Teespring, uh, which has uh, some cool shirt designs. I still have to make that uh, Open Borders Communist one. Oh, yeah. That's so a, I like that. Like, I know the content, but I need a design you know and uh, i'm not great yeah. at that so that'll come eventually yeah. mm-hmm. uh let's see I, th- I think that's all we need to plug um yeah. yeah so uh thanks for listening uh we'll talk to you next time all right talk to you next time bye bye